Welcome to Jurassic World. Yes, welcome to the Jurassic World Minute for Visit Jurassic World one minute time. Put ACU on alert. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And on this episode, we're discussing Minute 36 of Jurassic World. But before we get to that, David, heading over to Jurassic-Pedia.com. Uh, we've been talking about the Mercedes car commercials for a few minutes, or across a few minutes now. And it's probably about time we actually talk about uh, Claire's Mercedes here, since I'm pretty sure this is the last time we see it. So, the GL, GLE Coupe, which uh, was made... Looks like it was made for the film, then released in 2016. So we're looking at a prototype or a um, concept vehicle here in Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah. I do remember Mercedes really, really hyping this up. I think they had a um, they had a thing they did on Twitter where there was like, this post gets so many likes, we'll release this photo of the Indominus next to the <clears throat> next to the car, and they and they so they did. And then there was another thing they did where they did like a commercial where they just stitched together a bunch of it was kind of both A roll and B roll footage of the car because it was just a bunch of footage of the car traveling up and down the roads on Kauai. Mm-hmm. And some of the footage we actually get here coming up in this next minute. Yeah, because all that stuff was filmed um, on the island, so it was there. Mm-hmm. It was there on island, and they made full use of uh, it being there by advertising. Uh, getting some extra oh, yeah. video for it as well. Um, Which honestly really kind of reminds me a bit of what they did for The Lost World, where they had the Mercedes G-Class, those custom G-Class uh, wagon that they did. And they did a, like a bunch of, bunch of um, promotional f- just pictures of, I think, both the uh, G-Wagon and the um, Unimog both in Northern California, that they had a lot of marketing done for. Like, they just they just snapped the... They just took so many pictures of it, and they just released so many pictures. I think there was... Um, some of the pictures ended up in magazines. Some of them ended up in... I think it was the box art for the... I forget, I'm forgetting the name of the brand, but they do the snap-tight uh, models. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some of those photos that appeared on merchandise that we never seen in the film. Um, yeah, I, I hope you mean the M class there too, not the G wagon. <laughs> that's from uh, that's from this film with the six B six as a G wagon. Oh yeah, and the, and the other wags. <laughs> uh, just all the Lost World fans are 
yelling, I can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, I mean, I'm probably one of the biggest Last, Lost World fans you'll find around. But I was just talking to uh, with somebody who is um has been conversing with me for the past couple weeks. He's up in Northern California. I think he lives around there, and he's just he's been uh, hunting for photos and stuff like that. And he found out that he just found he emailed me today to tell me that the area where uh, Deer gets lost in the Lost World. And he passes that bent log, fallen log on the ground. That 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 shot is actually shot right behind where Carter was sitting. But it turns out that the National Park Service decided that would be a good place to start dumping um, trimmings there. So now the oh. place is covered in evergreen trimmings. Oh. And he was really disappointed to uh, relay that information to me, and I was really disappointed to hear it. That's not good. Yeah. Ruin, ruin the area. With um, with with the coupe here, it's uh, described as mid mid luxury or mid sized luxury sports utility vehicle. Uh, I just go back again to the M class being um, something specially made or in the Lost World in '97 when um, I don't think it was readily available until '98. Uh, same here with this not being available till the year after. And I remember oh, yeah. early on when I was looking, I really want to buy an Explorer and finding that the you could only sort of buy an Explorer from '94 onwards. <laughs> it was very hard to find the um, the earlier version that they had in the film as well. Yeah, they are, and I know that a lot of a lot of fans who do get them typically don't add the bubble top because that's kind of something that's prone to leaking. Yeah, I know of a very very few uh, fans that actually add that bubble top and seal it and all that so it doesn't leak in rain or anything. Yeah, it's got to be done. Got to be done right. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're in for a world of hurt doing all that interior work and having it get wet every time it rains. <laughs> uh, it'd be a nightmare. Um, I did love too. I don't know if it was official, or if it was fan art of the the coupe done up in um, sort of a more rustic explorer colours. I could had a gun on mount on the back of it as well. <laughs> Do you remember that? It was. Um, it'd have to be fan done. It sort of had that Lost World vibe with the bars on the windows. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think the Indominus was looking at it there as well. It was on a cliff or something overlooking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was the promotional picture that Mercedes released if they got so many likes. Oh, that's that one. Okay. Yeah, well, this, uh, this minute we get to see it uh, parked up in front of the Indominus pen, and then uh, next minute we get to see Claire driving it really fast back to the control panel. But apart from that, we don't see it uh, at all again in the film. I think she parks it here. Or parks it at, or not here, at the, um, she parks it at the control room or wherever that staff parking area is, and then she just never needs it again, because then they take that, um, the other car, the other one. The G-Wagon. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> That's the G-Wagon. <laughs> the, 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 boxy, the boxy SUV out to the park with Owen. Okay. He, he's the one that actually shows up at the control room. And so he then she kicks him out and then it's like, wait a second, I need him. Mm, <laughs> you're you're rehired. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait until we get fired. to there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, head over to Jurassic-pedia for the, that article and many more on the Jurassic vehicles. So the paddock is quite safe then. We have the best 
structural engineers in the world. Yeah, so did Hammond. Before we get into minute 36, I just wanted to bring up some uh, feedback and discussion we've been having on social medias, um, mainly Twitter and a couple of the Facebook page. Been a lot of uh, discussion sparked back up again by some people sharing around the uh, the worker village photos of um, no the lot the sliders photos featuring the uh, worker village, and I've been posting up and sharing our uh, episode we done on that and uh, the run sheet with all the timestamps, and it's been good having a little bit of discussion once again about the uh, worker village being in stuff other than the lost world, and then during the week uh, someone come forward posting up some photos no a trailer of uh, a little 1998 film called Gangland, where there does appear to be several shots inside the uh, the worker village and the operations building as well. Um, yes, it was um, Philippe, Philippe Humboldt, who co-runs the Behind the Gates uh, Facebook page. He really uh, dropped the trailer in the comment section, I think, of the sliders post that we were discussing just now. Hmm. And they show a model, like <laughs> so. Uh, what, I guess the, a model was done of the worker village for this movie. And in the trailer, they show the model being blown up, and I'm like, <laughs> <gasps> like, like, oh my god, man, my childhood, no. Going back to <laughs> going back to 1998, we'd just seen the uh, the White House explode in Independence Day a couple of years earlier, and now they've. Uh, model makers have made a model of that in the operations building and had it explode so I've, <laughs> I've i've found the dvd on ebay it's on its way to me now and i cannot wait right. to have a look at that and i'll report back on the uh the, the november issue of jurassic minutes yeah, please do because i'd like to see if there's anything in to make see just see if the dvd is worth getting you know yeah because there's there's one shot in there two guys well part looking up past two guys and you can see the bars on the windows like in the roof and then you can see the mm-hmm. base of the tower behind it. So they're over in front of the tower on that left-hand side of the building. And all the vines are hanging from the roof and everything still as well. So being a 1998 film, it probably would have been in production the end of 97, which we know mm-hmm. the worker village was still mainly still dressed um, then. So yeah, I, for the tram tour. Yeah. Too. Yep. yep. So I. This is still very hot for the Lost World, isn't it? Like they started kind of. At the end there, towards um, Jurassic Park 3, removing buildings and stuff. Mm. Yep, so anticipation is very high. And here we are, 24 <laughs> years later, 24, 23 years later, and more of more of the Lost Worlds coming out that we just did not mm-hmm. know exist. Yeah. That wall's 40 feet high. You really think she could have climbed out? Depends. On what? What kind of dinosaur they cooked up in that lab? Alright, Dave, ready to get into minute 36. Yeah. As we're in minute 35 of Jurassic World, Owen pointed out some rather curious scratch marks leading up the anomalous enclosure. As we open on minute 36, Claire gasps and says, Oh God. Coming to the conclusion that she's escaped. She walks straight for the door saying something about an implant in the animal's back and being able to track it from the control room. At the 16 second mark, we cut to another Mercedes-Benz commercial as Claire drives the car rather fast down a muddy jungle road. To make matters worse, she's on her phone, telling whoever's on the other side we have an asset out of containment. At the 24 second mark, we cut to the control room 
where Larry is boring Vivian with the story of his childhood. At the 30 second mark, an alarm sounds, and a big red dot starts to flash on the map of the island, followed by the phone ringing. Claire tells Larry she wants the coordinates for the Indominus. At the 44 second mark, we cut back to the Indominus enclosure, as Owen and the park supervisor open a door and enter the pen. And as the minute ends, Owen reaches out and touches the large scrapings in the concrete wall, trying to think like the Indominus. As when the last minute with Claire putting two and two together, she sort of gasps and mouths, oh God, and um, she makes for the door saying she has an implant in her back and I can track it from the control room. Uh, Owen doesn't say a word here, just sort of stands there looking confused at her as she leaves and um, then he turns and looks back at the scratches on the wall. And this is the first time we've actually seen him in the film. It sort of, it looks like she's climbed straight up the side of that wall. And also I love the uh, the return of that Indominus theme here too. So that eerie, yeah. that eerie score. Yeah, the those kind of groaning horns are are very nice touch because mm. it's very it's very um, unique and you notice it right away. Yep. You know, I mean, you you hear it and you think Indominus. Mm. Before we transition to another car commercial, um, you got to <laughs> wonder here, and we've sort of been talking about uh, this needs to happen for plot, but. Why? Why is no one thinking? No matter how much or how little access that computer terminal in the corner has, it's still receiving video from the pen. Um, that wall wasn't marked up. Um, well, she must have marked that wall up last time the supervisor went to the toilet or had a break because it's right there next to the windows. Mm-hmm. And I went back and sort of, um, you can sort of clearly see that section of wall when Maserani and Claire were there earlier um, observing and feed, uh, trying to see where the Irex was and those scratches weren't there so she's done that in the time that Claire's left to uh, to go and get Owen so whether the supervisor's gone and got lunch and come back in that time as well and that's when she's done it but then again like we said when they come to the pen there's workmen all over this thing if if she had escaped someone would have seen it there'd be, there'd be screams there'd be people running in every direction yeah yeah true but then again, she also seems to be aware that the Indominus has, I think, like what's it, what is it called, thermal sensing or something like that? Or it can sense thermal radiation. Yeah, so she may have escaped towards the other way into the jungle where the workers aren't working on, you know? Yeah, yep, yep. But then put the put the scratch marks up the wall on that back that back section of the fence, <laughs> not the front one here. Um. Because when we when we arrived before, there was two workers on that eye beam sitting there having lunch directly in front of where this wall scratched up. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, there's the other things too. Like you can't contact the control room at all. Um, you can't track it from this terminal. You're just on your phone to your sister in the car driving, but you can't call the control room. I could understand if she um, if she just had to go back to a phone, uh, back to a car to grab a phone because she didn't have it with mm-hmm. her. If there's no communications here, we know from future minutes the uh, the paddock supervisor's got a radio on his shoulder, so there's ways to communicate there back to the control room. Then, and I think that the um, that that paddock control room has a phone. Like I, I mean, not, I'm not sure if it's like a. It, I don't think it's a landline, but I think it does have a some kind of. Um, 
whatever phones they had <laughs> they have nowadays. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's not it's not completely cut off from the outside world. I mean, they actually have a way of communicating between uh, besides that guy's radio, you know. And he's got his hand on it on the receiver as she's walking out too. It's it just her not being able to oh, not so much give orders but her decision making here it's not it's not the best I, she's going to drive all the way back to control room and then ring the control room on the way back just put AC on alert when they should be on alert right now as soon as a no thermal signature the computer should automatically put AC on alert you'd, you'd think yeah. well the other I, knew, I do know that um, her not contacting the control room from the irex paddock is kind of one of the major complaints of the um of the movie and even the fact that she has her cell phone on her if she just called the control room or they just showed that she tries calling the control room and then she has no reception i think that would kind of be a quick fix you know yeah and it does we do see later what well, seems when we do get back to the control room they're tracking the tracking system works off satellite and maybe this computer doesn't have that sort of access even in 2015 i'm sure it would but even just the fact that owen sort of does nothing here just sort of stands there and lets her leave even then i mean the paddock controls in this control room seem to be rather rudimentary for the time being they seem like they're what controls they have are meant to control things like doors and cranes to feed her and very basic stuff like that. It's not meant to show light shows or any kind of stuff that they have yet to program the computer system with when they eventually open the the um, the attraction to the public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I suppose just in the grand scheme of scheme of things, this is once again the folly of man. <laughs> But uh, that's when we do cut to another, another Mercedes commercial. Uh, all of a sudden, the road's wet here, which I'm guessing is just in the shade in the tropics, maybe from a couple mm-hmm. of days ago when it was wet. But um, we pan around the car to the open passenger window where we can see or hear Claire on the phone yelling, we have an asset out of containment, another one of those uh, trailer lines. And yeah. a bad idea driving down a muddy road with the windows open, especially in Mercedes. <laughs> Speaking from experience. Yes, yes. Yep, uh, I know it's. I know it's how the camera on the dolly can pan around and come in, come in through the window as she's uh, talking. But yeah, it's a bad idea. ACU first time we've uh, put. Um, I'll put ACU on alert. This is not a drill. Um, you sort of hear that scared tone in her voice, and our first mention of ACU. I will say that even as commercially as the um, shot seems that pan around the front of the car I do wish we kind of got more shots of the of like vehicles out in this kind of wilderness area because that's always seemed very Jurassic to me the whole cars cars or Jeep Ford uh, Explorers in the, on a dirt road in the middle of the jungle you know mm. yeah I think that's another one of those massive disappointments with the film is just how little the vehicles are used they're more so just for a transition a lot of the time here uh, we get another shot later of just him and uh, Owen and Claire on a uh, quad 
for a couple of seconds. The G wagon, mm-hmm. of course, and the uh, the um, oh, the Mercedes six B six. I don't know what it's yeah. specifically called. We'll get to that when we get to them. But when we see those things on trucks in Kauai or in Hawaii and that, and um, start seeing trailers and seeing these things, knowing these things, we're going to be in the film thinking that thing's going to go up and headbutt a T Rex or something. Just <laughs> we're going to we're yeah, going to have right. these cars um, fighting dinosaurs. And well, I mean, I saw the six by six, and like one of the first things I saw was, oh, the T Rex is going to have so much fun shredding that. <laughs> and then we never even get the two in the same scene, you know? Yeah. yeah. And we haven't got to my favourite uh, sort of car shots yet, but it's um, the convoy, the ACU convoy going after it, going past the uh, the Jungle River. And you just see that the Vito van and that with all the bars and the windows and it just screams Lost World. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. I... Well, we know, we know Mercedes gave him a lot of the vehicles to use in the film, and part of the contract was they couldn't be destroyed, which yeah, you're, you're lending your stuff to Jurassic, so you've got to expect something to be destroyed. Well, I mean, the other thing, though, is could they at least have been repainted? I mean, no offense, but bright silver cars in the middle of the jungle doesn't exactly scream like safari, you know? That's a conversation we're going to have when we get to them because that's not their natural colour. They're actually yeah. painted for the film, then painted, reverted back to the original colours. Really? Yeah. Because yeah, I've, 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 like, I've seen the G wagon on the streets, and they're always silver. Same with the um, van that we that we see here. Well, spoiler alert for probably minute fifty-eight or whenever we get to it. Um, they were all black, and they had seven of them. Really? Yeah. Huh. There's one fan that's actually got one of the original black after it was uh, reverted back. I think they sold sold a couple off. Um, huh. I think he's in the motor pool now. I remember seeing it a little while ago. But yeah, black black G wagons. Paint them silver. Put a blue line on them. Have them in the film. Then uh, sand all the paint off them. Paint them black again. <laughs> it just boggles the mind. But we'll talk about more more about them when mm-hmm. we get to them. Like. More so just as a general purpose uh, park vehicle. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's too many vehicles in this park. With <laughs> that and everything else as well. I don't think we actually get... ACU is always described as ACU in the film. We, I think the only way we know it's animal control unit is from marketing material. I think you're right. We'll have to, we'll have to check the one we, as we're going through the film, but yeah. Yeah. If anywhere it'll be when we get to the change rooms and we get the map on the wall and that, maybe there's a sign saying uh, mm-hmm. animal control unit display or something. <laughs> um, but that's when we cut to a quiet control room. Uh, on the map, the park's slowly going about its normal day. Vivian and Larry uh, seated at their stations and Larry's boring Vivian with a story about his stepfather or big brother or something. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about his childhood anyway. And uh, here we get another cameo from Ian's book on her workstation. And that's when a uh, alarm suddenly sounds in the restricted zone and the red circle begins to pulse. Uh, the phone rings and Larry lazily picks it up. Yeah, hello. Uh, not very professional. <laughs> it doesn't even seem like this phone rings that often. Um, it probably doesn't. It's probably like an emergency phone, and he, and he probably didn't even know what it was. He just picked it up because he was the closest person near it. I'd laugh. <laughs> I'd laugh. If it was a staff complaint line or something. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just expecting it to be um, 
some worker that's lost their hat or or been kicked in the shin by a toddler. <laughs> I wonder, yeah, I wonder if this is the main line in the control room as well, if, how the phones even work, um, if it went through a switching station or a, a reception sort of thing before it come to here, or if, or if Claire's got a direct line to uh, to these two. Considering her position as like park supervisor, I'd imagine she probably does have a direct line, you know? Uh, which is weird that she's calling the controller and put AC on alert when she should have their direct number as well. Just saving time. She might have already contacted them because, the like you said, the screen goes red right away. And, I mean, I don't see any reason why that should be an automatic thing. I'd, I'd imagine that'd be something that would be... You know, because the animal hasn't actually escaped, so if it was automatic, it wouldn't have gone off. Somebody had to have triggered the alarm, basically. Well, before in the car, she was on the phone saying, put AC on alert. This is before she rings the control room. She's mm-hmm. calling the control room now to find the coordinates <laughs> on the Indominus, not to uh, let them know that it's out. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, I missed that bit. That's when Claire says, Larry, get me the coordinates on the Indominus and um, I love her still wearing the Jurassic Park t-shirt here obviously he hasn't gone home and changed you see as I'm sitting here wearing a Jurassic World (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt it probably shows too the fact that all these control room scenes were probably filmed on the same day no wardrobe changes there at all either well it is all supposed to even be the course of the same day it's not like Usually workplaces don't let you go home to change on the same day. <laughs> mm. Yeah, even though even though she thought the shirt was in uh, bad taste, <laughs> letting him wear it all day anyway. Mm. But uh, he and Vivian look at each other confused for a moment before he sort of says, "Yeah, okay, uh, <laughs> let me do it for you right now." And uh, that's when we cut to Masrani entering the control room here also. Uh, wondering if he just flew back from Paddock Eleven or if maybe he was getting some lunch. Uh, he's sort of playing with his cufflinks, doing his cufflinks up here, so maybe he's just changed his shirt. In the novel, it does say he just come from lunch, so that's uh, that's where he's been. We cut to uh, door opening. Uh, Owen and the supervisor looking out into the Indominus enclosure, almost dead quiet apart from those buzzing, the, the sounds of the jungle, those insects, which um, I'd have to think is sort of real audio taken from Kauai. Mm-hmm. And uh, not not the best idea here. <laughs> they work further out into the enclosure. Um, I I just would have loved this cut scene or something of them two in the uh, observation room. Either rock paper scissors. Should we? Shouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> Who whose idea this was? If if Alan said I need to go out and see that, or you'd think he'd be smarter. But then I don't know. <laughs> it just adds adds to that problem of why are they in here. Also, uh, from the, where they are here, you can see Sam in his shot looking through the foliage to the uh, front gate. The small entrance appears to be in the rear wall of the paddock, so we got more than one entrance point into the Indominus mm-hmm. enclosure. Um, as they walk on, we can uh, already see another worker in a white hard hat standing at the marked-up wall, so he's already gone in there and checked if the coast is clear, <laughs> it seems, mm-hmm. before uh, Owen's gone in. And as the minute ends, uh, Owen calls on his force powers and sort of runs his hand up the mark wall, sensing the Indominus' feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the shot here, though, of um, Owen and the and the other and the guard there walking through that pathway 
to the to the front gate. It does feel very Jurassic-y, you know? Mm, yep. And, uh, yeah, the, the enclosure's pretty nicely but it, I mean, if that, if that other guy is still in here, it does kind of beg the question, why didn't she... How did he get in, and why didn't the Adominus attack if... She, if he used the big door, you know, <laughs> was she waiting for Owen? <laughs> yeah, if he supposedly her her plan here is escape or lure them in so she can have a new toy to play with. But uh, yeah, you think if someone went in there and trap set, num num, eat eat that person, it, whether exactly, yeah, whether because he's already at the wall when Owen and the supervisor walking so he's probably mm-hmm. been in there a good five or six minutes and she's got to be awfully quiet unmoving allowing owen and the supervisor to walk in as well mm-hmm. it can camouflage it can mask its sound it's breathing <laughs> it's snorting she's holding her breath <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah anything else that you wanted to talk about before we get into the novel comparisons not really no i think we're good uh, yeah. In the uh, in the novel, Claire says the animal uh, animal control unit. She doesn't shorten it to ACU, so we do get um, that in the novel. Uh, when Owen and the workmen enter the pen, they pass a broken, uh, jagged tree stump. Owen asks if she knocked it down. The supervisor says yep, and then points to another one, another fallen tree as well. So she's been destroying some of her habitat in there. Mm-hmm. And um, and the marked up wall is on the door, not the wall in the novel. But uh, apart from that. David, that's minute 36. Anything else we want to discuss before we get here today? Uh, yeah, I did want to bring that up, that up because I know that with the, um, well, about the trees, I know that like an animal destroying its own habitat in that way, kind of being acting um, not so much aggressive, but kind of acting destructively, like saying, uh, say, a dog that repeatedly chews on uh, something that you tell it not to, that's usually a sign of dissatisfaction or uh, displeasure the animal has with its current predicament. Like, say, the um, Indominus is scratching up her, scratching up the walls. Of course, that was done to lure Owen and and the other people into the paddock, but I know that destroying like your own environment for an for most animals that shows that they're stressed out and dissatisfied with their environment. Mm. Yeah, and I'd back what Helen was saying before too about animals being raised in captivity and all that sort of stuff we mm-hmm. discussed the previous minutes. So yeah, that would that would have been an interesting thing to see because it would have kind of given an extra layer to the Indominus. In that she doesn't want to escape just because she's mean and evil and wants to eat people, but she's genuinely dissatisfied with the paddock and that she is smart enough to understand that there is more and better out there than what she's currently experiencing. Hmm. Either somehow she can read, she can hear it, she can smell it, she can sense that there's a world outside of that octagon that she's enclosed in, and she wants to be there. She she doesn't want to be in the barrier. She wants to break through dangerously, <laughs> and now now she wants to be out there. Life wants to find a way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and as we're going to see in the next couple of minutes, when she sees that opening, she's going for it. 
which we'll mm-hmm. have to talk when we get there. She's worried about eating people when there's an open gate there. Yeah, we'll talk about that <laughs> next minute. But uh, Dave, that's it for today. We'll get out of you. Yep. <laughs>